Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, Right. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hello and welcome back to Four Times in a Podcast. You join us on the 1st of January 2024. So happy New Year to everybody that's listening. You join us two days after Celtic were victorious in the second Glasgow Derby of the season. They won the game 2-1. Goals through Paolo Bernardo and a second half wonder strike from Kyogo made the difference and put Celtic eight points clear at the top of the table as we head into 2024. Delighted to say that Danny and Tony are with me today. Andy, I think, still out celebrating either that one on Saturday or the New Year one or two, but he might join us at one point, but you never know. But I will just back, obviously, to talk about Saturday, reflect on what it means for the season, and obviously have a wee look at towards tomorrow's game against St Mirren as well. Tony, I'm going to come to you first because you were the only one of us four that didn't predict a Celtic win, so I'll, I'll let you take the floor and apologise to Brendan. Uh, yes, uh, that's spot on, to be fair. I'll, I'll take my oil here. I thought we were going to get beat. That's <laughs> my honest opinion. I just worked myself into a frenzy. The Hearts and Kelly performances back-to-back just really knocked any confidence. I know I predicted one each on here, but I don't think we would lose 2-1. I thought it was a reasonably good performance. I mean, you need to give massive credit to Brendan Rodgers. His record in these games is the best of any manager the other side of the divide by far. His win percentage is is un- unbelievable. I think the first goal was an outstanding finish. I know we'll, we'll go on to the second and how good a finish that was as well. But Bernardo catches it so clean. I don't know how he gets so much space. But it's an unbelievable strike. And then they, they kind of come into it towards the end of the half. The big guy, Dessers, my God almighty, he is atrocious. The the attempt for him when he went through, I don't really know what he did. He seemed to just kind of fall over. Um, I thought Liam Scales was excellent. I thought he really he handled this as well. And he's a, he's a big fucking lumpy guy. So but I thought Liam Scales dealt with him well. I thought Welsh was playing fine until the, the injury. I thought Greg Taylor had a good game. And I thought Alistair Johnson was an absolute fucking disaster. Don't know what's happened to him. I mean, he had that dodgy pass that ended up with Dessers through and fucking Welsh injured. He got booked, and I guess we should touch on the <laughs> the penalty claim, which is 
drove the country into meltdown for kind of lack of a better phrase. It's offside. <laughs> I don't. I don't know what the. I don't know what the big deal is. I know there's fucking demands for audio to be released. And here, I'm all for that. I am all for that. I think. I hope Rangers get the audio for the SFA. I think that would be a fantastic thing because then we'll be doing some audio for some absolute nonsense like the first ever game when VAR was introduced at Tynecastle. I think we should demand the audio for that and just start demanding it every week. That would be perfect. I think for transparency, it would be really good to hear what the officials are saying. But I think in this case, it's offside. It's a blatant handball, I think. I don't know what the fuck Alistair Johnson's doing. It's as if he's kind of lost Seema and just punch the ball. But he doesn't know Seema's offside, so it's just a ludicrous thing to, to punch the ball. I think it's a penalty if he's not offside, for sure. But I think, oh, this button audio release, I think that's just kind of sour grapes for them. And they get their manager, who I've no real ever listened to or seen much of, seem to have a total meltdown about it after the game. And, like, I think I think we, we all our fans know we still need improvements. But I, I don't think they looked a very good team. But that's not me saying that, that we should just sit still now and we're better. I think we're better than them. Definitely in the attacking sense we're better and I think I think our defenders are better. That's twice we've beat them without Cameron Carter Vickers. We didn't have a tatty on Saturday either. So we've managed to get past them anywhere near a full team. I know they had injuries as well, but I think the whole penalty thing will die out eventually. But for me, I think it's offside. Whether if Columns gave the decision because he doesn't think that's a handball, then fine, sack him, I don't care. If, if, if that's what Rangers want, will he call him sacked? I think that's a good thing, aye. But I think all the referees should be sacked, not because of that decision, just because their incompetence. I mean, are, are some of them going to be kind of unconsciously biased? Ah, of course, that's definitely happened. There has definitely been decisions made where a Rangers fan ref, or even a Celtic fan ref, went, ah, fuck it. I'm, I'm fucking, I'm not giving that to them. And that's just, that's just the nature of the game. There's no transparency in Scottish football. I think if Rangers are going to go all the way with us, which I hope they do, good luck to them, then I think referees should have to declare what team they support. I think they should release the audio every bad decision and then try and work it for there because I think the refs are absolutely garbage. And just because it's the Huns that are calling them out doesn't mean I'm going to stick up for them. I, th- I think they're shite. I think they're really, really poor. So... If this is the beginning of the end for people like Nick Walsh and Don Robertson and fucking Stevie McLean and all these guys and fucking John Beaton, great. I sacked a lot of them and bring in competent refs where we know whose team they support. We know we're going to get to hear them discussing VAR decisions. That would be that would be great. So that's just me covered the first half. Second half, I said to my dad again, I said, we'll need a second tier. And my God, what a finish for Kyogo, just on his weaker left foot, just stunning. And I think I think Butland's a, a good goalkeeper. I think I think he's well beat. Areli, I think Areli gets gets a pass right into him. He was good as well. Callum McGregor, sorry, people probably screaming. I've not mentioned him. He was fantastic. Just ah, uh, brilliant. Just a real captain's display. But no, Areli and Kyogo, and then that finish. I think their centre halves were a bit slow to get up, and that gives you leeway. And then Balogun gets sent off, and I thought, oh my god, we're going to get a fucking five now. This is going to be, this is going to be like the glory days under Brendan. And we kind of just fell out the game. I thought, I'd, I thought at two 0 I thought, let's get a third, let's kind of try and damage them. But we let them back in. I don't really know what happened. Maybe a bit of nerves. And I think that's when the crowd can work against you a wee bit. 
I thought the crowd were excellent, but I think at times when it gets nervy, it can maybe kind of go onto the pitch as well. The free kick, I think Joe Hart should save. I, I really think he should save that because I think he should be a foot closer to his right, seeing as Tavernier's put the ball the exact same fucking place he put it the last time. So don't give an eye, Tavernier, not a particularly good player. I think he's lost. 22 games to Celtic but one thing we know he's good at is hitting free kicks I think he scored three inches so I thought Joe Hart should have saved it but after that I, th- I thought it was a bit nervy but I thought Narovsky I think he looked slow but I thought he was okay I thought Scales was really good and I thought we I thought we seen the game out quite comfortably and we could have maybe had more I think I think the one in turn was a penalty I think he's onside and then I think he's just been decked by Tavernier so I don't know how Nick Walsh has not gave that maybe we can write to the SFA and ask for them to meet us and give us a big explanation but overall I mean I'm delighted but by no means is this the border off the hook or anything like that look we beat them twice this season we're only two points clear which is just mental because we've broke so many points to the utter shite in this league I think now I mean, it's it's 20 past three on the 1st of January. I, th- I think we should have had a player announced by now. I, I, I just, I know that might sound a bit mental, but I just think we should have been ready to rock the now or in the next couple of days. If we, we, we haven't won the league. The league's far from done, in my opinion. As much as I don't think they're a particularly good side, I don't think we've been anywhere near it either. And we keep pick, look, picking up these silly injuries. Vickers is missing, and then obviously Abada missed so much, and Hitati's been kind of in and out. So... I think I think we need strength and we probably we need a goalkeeper, we need a left back. The way he's gone with Alistair Johnson, we might need a fucking right back because he's well off it and we probably need a striker as well. So it's gonna be an interesting month and, and tomorrow's game's absolutely huge. There's absolutely any point in us beating Rangers to go to St Martin and get beat or draw it would just be a disaster. We need to go on a win run at like fifteen, sixteen games if we want to win the league and I think we're we're well capable of it, but I think you need McGregor playing with that intensity every game, just fucking driving the team because he was he was so so good. But over overall delighted, I'm sure everybody is. There's nothing better than beating them. I absolutely covered a lot of it there. But Danny, what did you make it again? You you and Tony were probably the two most pessimistic on the previous show, but you did predict the Celtic wins. There we go. What was your thoughts on the performance? And did it surprise you at all that we had come out victorious? Because obviously it was. There was a lot of nerves in the lead up to it. I think it ended up was it one nothing Kyogo winner, so we got a long way about Kyogo getting the winner, but I I thought Celtic were really good. I, I thought they were brilliant on Saturday. I, I, leading in it, I thought it might be two, two of them, both of them are really playing well this season and they might cancel each other out, but the Mayors, you know, we spoke about it on Friday and whatever. I kept thinking, well, actually, we've got any, we've got any option but to come out and take the game. And when I thought we did that, I thought, I know we kind of disagreed, I thought Palma had a really good game. Quietly, I thought he was very good. Every time he got the ball, he made something happen, and he picked the ball up where he should have been getting the ball. And I think that was the kind of tactic that we'd used. I thought Maeda did well to come out in the second half because he didn't do much, but I thought Palmer had a good game. First, I thought we settled the better we came into it, and then I thought, I think after about 10 15 minutes, they had a wee spell, which they're always going to have because we never got that early goal, so you don't really stop them. They came out, they played a wee bit. They, Seemed to be able to kind of knock the ball about like the midfield. They were getting Dessers was getting on the ball. He was, obviously, he was getting on at 60 yards away for a goal, but he was getting on it and bringing the two wingers into the game. But luckily for us, not many of them are up for the fight. I mean, Cantwell spent the first 10 minutes trying to score a wonder goal himself, and then when that didn't work for him, he just fell completely out of the game. And Dessers, I mean, I just, nobody thought he was going to score. 
when he went through and goal. Uh, even he knew it. He, he, he didn't even get a shot away. It was that bad. But I thought he, the, the goal was coming for us when it came. We were turning the screw. It was a great corner by Palmer. I put it right on to the penalty spot, Seema kind of hurried that away and it's a great finish for Bernardo who had a really good game himself. But the, I think what happened, you know, how it ended up so close is there was a few reasons, but right after we scored the Dessers chance, but Welsh got injured and I think if Welsh had, didn't get injured at that point, because the game stopped for a couple of minutes, kind of killed their momentum a wee bit, I think if they'd have missed that sitter. And then we were back up in part of the and I said, I think we'd have got a second goal before half time. And then when we the second goal was fantastic for Hugo. I mean, that was, I think everybody was saying the same, you probably need another goal. I mean, it's a fantastic finish. Everybody's screaming from me, play and made it, but he, Palmer had about 30 yards of space at the corner of the box himself. But when you see it from behind Kyogo, he's he knows exactly what he's doing. He's putting it in between the two defenders. Butland, too, is a good keeper. Absolutely no chance. And then again, I thought we were going to kick on and score a couple more but then O'Reilly got injured and he went down for a while and it just seemed to kill the momentum and then the red card came and you think right but Rogers, I think that's been his plan all along when he came back was you get a couple of goals and then you choke the game out and that's what they tried today at 2 nothing. and a man up is that the crowd well as Tony said the crowd of sense blood by this point they went 4-5 like we already against them but the team were kind of trying right let's just see and half the team we're getting egged on by the support and the other half were like right, let's calm down just try not to bother it and then Nick Nick Walsh he gave them everything going free. I mean they're talking about they've been hard done by I mean Selick should be asking for the audio of the VR when Tumble went down I mean because he's onside and he shoved two ones in the back shoved in the box they've been getting penalties for them all season for the, the Johnson incident I, it's one of the ones I mean you think it's a penalty but when it happens up like and when it usually happens at Rangers games, they've been getting away. They, this is the exact thing they've been getting away with for the last year and a bit with R and whatever. Was that a deliberate home Bobby Jones? Did anything? So I thought he just lost Seema and they didn't know where he was going. But Seema was offside. I mean they keep saying Seema's no touch to boss, so he's no active. But he's banged into Johnson. That makes him active, and it it would have been a it would have been offside anyway if they'd have done their job. I think. If, but to be fair, it's a fifty-fifty. You know, we we've no you, we usually get them going against us. They usually don't get them going against them, so I was kind of surprised they went the other way. But I thought the ref, I thought the ref had an awful game. He kept giving them an, enough free kicks outside the box that Tavernier, who hit the first man with every free kick, but he keep giving them enough practice, he'll put one in it. I agree with Tony, thought Hart's just saved it. I think it was only one place it was going. And Hart was, I think he got a full horn there. He must have kept it out. But, I mean, the last injury time was a bit nervy because they were playing, you know, they just threw everything at it and, and the crowd were Desperate for a whistle, but Zerich were comfortable. The, the, the better team by far on the game. He can, you know, Baldy, he can moan about shots and target and, you know, shots in the box or whatever. But Celtic were the team that played the best football in the day. They knocked the ball about. They're in complete control of the game as much as you can be in these games. And it ended up a bit nervy at the end. But I thought Celtic played really well. And individually, I thought. Taylor had his best game of the season. I thought McGregor was outstanding. You want to see that McGregor every week. You know, how can he not do that every week? He sh- shouldn't have to wait if we're doing nothing doing against teams or when we're in a bit of trouble to be doing that. He should be doing that every week. He was outstanding. And I've seen a tweet <laughs> whatever Cantwell's done him. It's a good thing because McGregor's been determined to, to dominate him ever since. And to be fair, McGregor was outstanding. He seems to have had a bit about his teeth in these games, McGregor. It does mean more to him than it mean- means to them. I think that's so... Yeah, I mean, they're 
turning their hair out of their heads. But about it, but it's clear that a Celtic team want to beat them more than they want to beat us. And long may that continue because Rogers is for all his faults this season, whatever he's, he seems to have, what he's always had is, is their number, and that's that's two wins out of two. I thought I, I don't I didn't see the with scales. I thought he was solid at the back, but I thought he was awful. And the boys' distribution was very poor. I thought his positioning at times was poor. And the rocky, I, I don't know what point Rogers is making because that boy shouldn't be the team. In fact, he's passed into O'Reilly for setting goals. Brilliant. He covered the ground really well. He was a, he looked a bit slow, but I, I don't think it was a, a massive issue. I thought he was dominant. Again, I thought Palmer had a good game quietly. Johnson, I don't know, I'm a bit worried about him because he kept doing things well and then he would throw in a stupid pass or he would give the ball away stupidly. I think he's right off the ball. Maeda, as I say, he was really quiet. I was quite worried about Maeda. I thought he was really poor. I don't think he's fit. I don't think he's fat at all. Kyogo was a lot better than what he'd been normally getting involved in many of the play. I thought O'Reilly was good as well. He, he, O'Reilly seems to he seems to love the big occasion as well, we, and I think that's the big difference for us is we've got players who genuinely relish playing in these games. I thought Bernardo probably his best game at Celtic as well. His goal was a peach, and just the way he ran away, it looked as if something clicked for him Saturday as well. I don't know if any of you noticed that, but he, he seemed to want to be on the ball. He seemed to want to get any tackles, and he was lucky. I mean, he done goals in the first half. He was lucky to get away with a booting for that, but then he get booked for scoring, so kind of evens itself out. But no, I thought Darren, I thought Selig fully deserved to win. It should have probably been even more comfortable, but just it's kind of symptomatic of the season that we're no, we've not quite clicked yet. And but they should, they should be, they should be worried if Rogers does seem if he gets back in this Monday and his team clicks in the second half of the season, then there's no, no question where the league title is going. I have to agree with that, and I know some clowns were a bit upset if, when they get asked if they thought their better team won on Saturday. But for me, that's the simplest question you can answer about Saturday. I thought absolutely the better team won. I thought we started really well. The team was sorry as predicted. I think it was Thursday that Rogers came out and says that Carter Vickers was definitely out, and I think everybody knew Stephen Welsh was going to come in. So it was no sort of big shock when team lineup came out. Obviously, Hitati and Abada made it back onto the bench, which was good to see. But I thought we started really well. Kyogo obviously had that chance at Butland saved at his near post in the first ten minutes, and we continued to like sort of attack them. And I, I really did think that was a matter of time before the goal was going to come and the goal itself from Paolo Bernardo is just fantastic as you say great delivery from Louis Palma it is one of the ones I think it was his third attempt to the half it was great delivery from Palma and as I said it's I think it was Bernardo's third attempt he obviously had that one that Palma again put a great cross in and he headed just wide Maeda was unlucky no he got on the end of it and I think he had another shot that sort of hit the side netting as well before he scored so I think Danny mentioned it last week on here. I thought his goal at Dens Park has obviously put a lot of confidence in him and has been a sort of slow start to his Celtic career. And we obviously had only really seen him in the European games up until now, but the last few weeks he's he's grown into that shirt and everybody's starting to talk now about the option to buy. And that's that's the benefit of these loan deals. We've seen it obviously with guys like Carter Vickers and Jota before, but having that sort of option to buy allows you to see these players and if I know I'd seen a few weeks ago people were talking about Ronaldo potentially having his loan cut short in January I don't think that's going to be anywhere near the case now he's like like I say he's obviously grown into the shirt as the weeks go on and I'm delighted for him because he does seem to like you seen what that goal meant to him and Aye, you need to think long term as well I know people won't like to hear it but your guys like Hattati and O'Reilly 
are eventually going to attract big big money moves and so you've got to continue to bring in talent that can step up in these sort of games so having a guy like Bernardo starting to shine is really really positive for us and I thought we sort of lost our way towards the end of the first half they sort of had a spell of 10-15 minutes I think Danny's right that there was a lot of game management from Nick Walsh in terms of every time they seemed to hit the deck side or sort of 30 yards, 30 yards to our box, they seem to get a free kick. Thankfully, as previously mentioned, Tavernier's delivery was pretty poor. But I thought, obviously, the the Johnston sort of slack pass that allows Nestles to go in, I thought it was absolutely shocking. I thought, I've been saying it for weeks, I think Johnston's just not been at it this season. I know he missed the start of the season through injury, but he just doesn't seem to have found any sort of form. I know he's probably had two or three decent performances that you could pick out but it is a bit of a worry and I think one of you says it you're just sort of worrying do you need another right back because it, it just seems to be like it seems to keep going in terms of the drop in form at the moment I thought our full right hand side was really poor I thought Maida was terrible on Saturday as much as he'd been massively effective in these games before I thought Gilmaz probably couldn't believe how easy a time he had it off of Maeda and well, it was also disappointing to see Stephen Wells have to go off by that in terms of the Dessler's chance, I thought as much as Johnson's pass was absolutely horrific, he obviously does superb to get back and put Dessler's off, although I think there's the chance that if Johnson was near Dessler's, would have still missed anyway. But no, we obviously got to half-time. In terms of the penalty shot, I know they've, like usually at New Year, you you kind of get through people because the signal's blocked in terms of people wishing each other Happy New Year, but I think reading by Twitter and social media, I think that's been a certain club try to get through the SFA for the last 36 hours and clogging up the phone lines but I, 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 don't, I personally don't think it's a penalty I know it's clearly offside to begin with but I think Johnson sort of goes like he's obviously grappling with Seema and I know people are trying to say what, what's he doing with his arm but I think he goes to grab a hold of Seema like to sort of like they're obviously jockeying each other to try and win the ball it does hit his hand but it's nowhere near like I didn't even think it was like, I know the uh, obviously the image goes up on the big screen and you think oh, it's only a matter of time but and I thought it was common sense was used and the fallout from it's just I think it's just a complete deflection tactic from them to sort of mask the fact that they've been shown up and second half as I agree with what Tony says I think we needed an early goal and we got it. Like Kyogo's it's such a magnificent goal. Like if you it starts from Nerochki who plays a great pass into O'Reilly and if you watch there's an angle for one of the replays where you see that Kyogo sort of fakes as if he's gonna cut in behind and Goldson drops about five yards and Kyogo pulls back and one size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh it's a it's a t shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. 
In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. It just gives them that bit of space and it's, it's a world-class finish. And I said it on here last week, I that's the reason that nobody was worried about what sort of form Kyogo was in because you know that the class is there. And I... Like we started to think it was going to be well, it could have been a lot more comfortable and I know Kyogo had another chance it flagged for offside, I actually thought that one looked onside as well but I know Butland saved it anyway but delighted for Kyogo obviously to get that goal, I think it was 7 for the year of 2023 it's an, an incredible that for him and every goal that he scored has been like a meaningful one, he started like, thinking of the first game of 2023 when we drew two each at Ibrooks, like it was his equaliser and then all the way through to like your League Cup games and so on and like I say everyone's just been absolutely pivotal for us and I obviously got on to the red card I think that's they seem to have a habit of doing that at Celtic Park and I remember a few years back when Tavernier played it right into I think it was Edward who then set up James Forrest for a winner and this time it was Goldson playing a hospital ball back to Balligan who was then dispossessed by Kyogo and no matter how poor Maeda was I think he was definitely getting through on goal and that's, there's nothing you can really argue about it but then I think Danny's probably right we did just sort of look to see it out we didn't go looking for that killer for goal and I personally thought the subs hurt us more than they helped us on Saturday and like when the likes of Thumble come on and Mikey Johnston Abada as well I just think they didn't have much of an impact and definitely not, not a positive impact and we seemed to we were getting away with it for a bit of thought Narochke as mentioned was Really good, considering it's his first game since that, I think, that League Cup defeat to Kilmarnock. I thought there was a few times where it looked like he had lost possession and he would just get that extra touch in. And he looks to have something about him. I think Danny's right. I think you'd, you'd hope to see him on Tuesday against St Mirren and then just a lot more going forward because he did look very decent and hopefully can sort of build on that. The free kick, I agree with what you've said. I think it should be saved. I think Hart gets a hand on it. He should keep it out. I think it's probably the third one of that sort of nature. This season, I think the fine order way one and the Hart's at home one, he should save the two as well. I'm not going to harp on about him too much because he had a couple of good saves in the first half. But again, I just thought it invited pressure on us. Like, and for the last 10, 15 minutes, I could not believe how little Mikey Johnson was backing up Greg Taylor. Like every sort of attack that was coming down, he was he seemed to be either refusing to track back or leaving Tavernier and acres of space at the far post. And I was sitting in the main stand, so I had a great view of it. And Taylor was going off his nut at him. And I think it was quite rightly so. Greg Taylor's had a lot of criticism this season, but he can only do so much. He's got to have backup for whoever's playing on the left-hand side in front of him as well. And... He just didn't have that in the last sort of 15 minutes, at least on Saturday. But no, absolutely delighted. I know they've went on about the refs, but I, I, I think we were probably the more hard Dundee team because you think humble and I think it's a clear penalty and no Wolf waves it away and then the offside flag is up. I don't think it's offside and I think Tavernier, as mentioned, who hands in the back just pushes him. It's, I think it's a clear as day penalty. They, they wanted Alistair Johnson sent off for, a, for like his arm catching Seema. But what about the one that I think Matt O'Reilly ended up with a broken nose because uh, Sterling caught him with an arm and wasn't even given as a foul. And I know Danny mentioned the one Bernardo had on Goldson that possibly could have led to sitting yellow. I actually thought Goldson was quite dangerous in that as well. He seemed to fall through and I thought he was sort of higher. Oh, on Bernardo. Darren, one in, they were one in the first half 
It was oh, actually back at 10 minutes where Bernardo left his foot in on Goldson. No, that yeah. incident, you're right. Goldson should have walked for that. He studded him right in the knee. Right. Bernardo should have went down. Because Goldson went down. You could see what Goldson was doing. As soon as Goldson went down, I'm, I'm in a pub screaming. Like, he's going down to get him sent off. And, and then they're showing the replay. Like, it's, you seen that boy Romero, Spurs Chelsea, when he won the ball and gets sent off. It was something similar to that. Sterling got away with murder. I mean, he's see, on Taylor as well. See, aye, he went right through and Taylor, and uh, again, it wasn't even giving us a foul. I see. This is where they lose all their credence, right? Because Tony's right when he talks about them going after refs and Celtic fans should be thinking well, that's a good thing because it'll we'll get to the bottom of some truths that night. But this is where they lose all their. They don't want to talk about the fact that Celtic did a penalty. They don't want to talk about. They keep saying, "Oh, how did Celtic finish? We should have been done eight men and injured. They should have been done eight men." You know, Goldson should have walked. Sterling get, was on a booking, got away with Murdy, got away with one. The Johnson, the first half, he flew in on Johnson. Johnson stayed on his feet. I think Johnson gave a bottom of Maeda and ended up being nearly scored to it, but then he get brought back for a foul or a booking. Should have been a booking. Um, and then he got away with that one on Taylor, which is which is what they're saying Bernardo got away with, but they don't, you know... If we say, right, well, let's look at these, ins- they're like, no, they don't care. They just want to talk about the fact that, you know, at, at this moment in time, Colum and Walsh are currently re-recording the VER audio. The, the Johnson penalty, I didn't think it was a penalty, but it was one of the ones, if it's given, you probably go, oh, do you know what? We've seen we've seen them all given, haven't we? So just need- but it's one of the ones, if it was given, you think, well, they, they would get there. It's one they would get that we don't. But the, the, the tumble one at the end, I mean, what did that take about five seconds? To, to like As soon as the linesman puts his flag up, play's got to stop. I think it stopped for about five seconds, and then Walsh was waving play on. It's like, it's, it was bizarre, but... They, they lose all credence because they don't want to talk about they don't want to talk about this and even statement said something about the Sky Sports panel were agreeing with them that it was a penalty like because Chris Boyd and Neil Lennon think it's a penalty I mean they're using Neil Lennon to back them up it's we've, we've entered the twilight zone but Darren you said you were in the main stone was there any I mean Balligan clearly spits at the Celtic fans is how's there been nothing made of this is, did you see anything like that happen Hi Danny as you say I was sitting in the main stand, but I wasn't too close to that. I was doing the other, the other corner flag, so I've se- I've obviously seen the videos of thinking about it on Twitter, and it does look like he spits towards the Celtic support, and that to me is completely unacceptable. It's one of the most disgusting manky things you can do. Thought, but what's what's annoyed me most is there's been no sort of word from publicly from Celtic. Like obviously we are not press conferences and that. I don't know if they've briefed the fan media or any media to say they're investigating it. Public statement saying look we're looking into this to find out if this guy did spit at Celtic fans. Because as I say I think it's one of the most disgusting things you can do. But it, it just annoys me because yet again like when the Israel manager was out calling support anti-Semitic and it wasn't a public statement. I know they dropped a line to one of the fan media outlets that I assume went and asked them rather than being proactive and letting the support know. And it annoys me because it's just completely hypocritical when you think that when the whole Green Brigade section got chucked out and banned, they were quite happy to publicly post a statement with a sort of rap sheet on the Celtic support and everything they'd done wrong. Yet it just feels like they don't have the Celtic support's backup. And look, maybe after we record this, we'll come out and it will be public. But I've not seen anything really mentioned about it. And what did you make it, Danny? Because as I say, the angles I've seen, it does look clear, but... I've only seen the two angles that I've seen on Twitter and even something from the club they say they were looking at it and using their own cameras to try and establish what happened would, would be welcome at this point. I, I didn't see it at the time. It was only when he got sent off you could see them ushering him down the tunnel and, and he had a he, he, he was looking towards the, the Celtic support but I didn't see it like untoward and then people somebody in the pub said he's apparently badly inspired at the Celtic fans and then it was something 
fuck, you know what it's like, you hear it hang all the time. But then you see an angle on. <laughs> now, whether he spits at somebody directly or no, he spits in the direction of Celtic fans. It's, it's fucking vile, so it's <laughs> And it, how nothing's been made about it is just bizarre. And I don't, uh, there's a few folk on Twitter, I know, MB's um, one of them, he was saying that maybe this is what they've kicked the fuss about, is they deflect away from this because it's kind of inexcusable, but it wouldn't surprise you if it was. But for Celtic, for Celtic, no, they end. Like, if it was the other way about, that fan would be named, they probably would have their name all over the sun by now, and it would be banned, and Celtic would be out saying how that's unacceptable and whatever. But there's, on the other side, there's just nothing. There's just... It, it's almost as if people, because I've seen like debates about this online so far, and folk are saying things like, oh, the Huns are making an ass of themselves, so let them go on with it. But Celtic need to come out and say something. I mean, the, the Israeli manager, to, for him to say that and Celtic not to come out right and he, to put a statement or a, a comment out the back door to fan media was just was disgraceful. But then look at the reception Abada got on Saturday. That was unbelievable. If Abada is under any illusion that Celtic fans are only behind him, then that completely dispelled on Saturday. But I just thought, thought about Balogun's getting away with it a bit in the spotlight, considering what else, everything else seems to be magnified. They, I mean, they've, they spoke all week about Big Phil coming in with his marauders and, you know, Celtic like fans ending the year and beginning a new one on a meltdown. Well, they, this is a bigger meltdown than they had in September. And considering all the effort they put in there, you know, they went and seen their team away and all that for it to mean nothing. And the meltdown's been, it's been pretty, pretty significant this time. But Tony's absolutely right. If we don't take three points tomorrow, then it'll all be for none. I definitely will move on to that game. Tony, as Danny mentioned, it's at the end of the day, as much as Saturday might end up significant, it is only three points. It is completely pivotal that we go and get the three points at St Mirren Park tomorrow. What's your thoughts on it? I know. They had a good win at Pataudry on Saturday, one three 0 But I think the last two home games have drawn out each from Motherwell and lost to Kilmarnock, so it should that was sort of an excuse for Celtic now to go there and get three points tomorrow. Like to think the tails are up. I think the manager will be right up for it. I think he knows now that he can't really look back. This has to be the start of a big run. This needs to be us going on a run and securing the league title and hopefully the Scottish Cup. It's the last game before the break. Hopefully get a few minutes for Hitati. If Abad is capable of starting, I would be against that. I would, I would like to, to really go there and put on a show. I think that would give me a lot of confidence going into the second half of the season. But as I said in the preview of the Huns game, I still don't think we've started. I still, even against them on Saturday, I don't think that was us anywhere near our best. I think we're, we're capable of getting better. But for me, hopefully win tomorrow and get the, the first signing announced as soon as possible because this is a massive January and I agree with you say our, our border they just don't give a shit they fucking they don't have any time for the fans they should have been calling out Balogun spitting they should have been calling out the Israeli manager but they're just we, we know what they are we know they're, they're, they're pretty poor at their job that's another another issue for probably another day seeing as well we're back on track with the looks at the pitch, but I think tomorrow's massive and then the rest of this month we we need to sign not just to win the league, the, the whole when we were eight points clear early in the season, we're saying we strength in January for Europe next year. So we still need to be signing European standard players that can come in, be improved by Brendan and then can do a job domestically and in Europe. So it's a huge, huge month. I, I think we will win tomorrow. I think we'll win two 0 I think he'll go or score both. And Danny, what about you? What's your thoughts on that game against St Mirren? Are you expecting any changes? I think obviously Stephen Welsh will be very doubtful to appear given the nature of his injury. Would you expect Mike Narotsky to just step in and come in from the start tomorrow? 
Aye, but the way Rogers has been going, I wouldn't be surprised if Kobe Ashi started before Navrocki. The way the way he's been going with Lagabielka and Navrocki, it wouldn't surprise me if Kobe Ashi started or he did something stupid that like, don't know signing. I know he just done his ACL, but Rogers might sign there beating and play him at centre half. It's got to be Navrocki, and it? it's got to be. Yeah, I thought he showed up well Saturday. It's a no-brainer just to play him and keep it going. I was actually flirting with the idea of starting Hattati, but I think Bernardo was that good. I would keep him in the team and let him. He scored two in a row now, so it'd be good to see him in all 90 minutes and a bit of momentum. It's ironic that um, I said last week before the Livingston game, um, no one here, but we're in a group that if we could get 12 out of 12, I think we'll kick on and win the league but we've got 9 out of 9 so there's a real chance to, to finish this, the kind of first part of the season off really well I and mean, even if we were to win four games in a row and I know it's the first time we've won three games in a row a season so obviously this will be the first time we've won four I still think the winter break is coming at a good time because we're no clicking at all there was we were so much better than them on Saturday for large spells of the game but ended up close and you can see what Rogers is trying to do but he's not quite getting to so that's up to the board and Rogers this summer, this summer, this season, this month to get their heads together and come up because the, the teams like I mean we are two we were at like see we are two good signings away for winning that three or four nothing on Saturday and we're three and four signings away for beating them like five and six because the way he's got the squad down is better than theirs but we didn't we've not really had a complete performance yet I think maybe Aberdeen at home is about it. But I don't think we've had a complete performance for the whole season yet. So um, hopefully in this window, I mean, Tony's wanting signings out the now, but hopefully they get at least three good players in. I still think they need a couple more to win the... Not even... I don't think the league's done, no by a long stretch, but we can't let it become... You know, we've won on Saturday, we've got our control back. Because now they had the, they had the initiative to go and win the two games and want to go to the league. Now they know they need to win them to stay in touch. You know, the pressure's completely turned on now. We've got our control back. Um, so we need to go out the more start well and put the game to bed early. So they're in the good one at the weekend, but they've been patchy. They seem to have fell off a wee bit of cliff. They've been playing well, but hopefully we just go there. Couple of the goals, kill the game out. But I'll go for free. I'll go for free one and I think Palmer will score the first goal. But um, any three points will do just to get through. But I'd, I would like to see us come out and start really well. Aye, as you say, three points will be welcome in whatever sort of shape or form it comes. I think as much as we're clear, it is if they win their two games in hand, it's, I think it's Ross County at home and Hibs away. You'd expect them to probably win the games. It's only two, so your lead is still pretty slender and you know what, you're going to get into a sort of position where when they've played the games in hand that you're falling behind when they play before you, etc. And yes, at Mirren, I always thought when we played them under the hands, they gave us a good game. And, you know, we won 5-1 the last time we were there, but that was a game that they went 1-0 up and then got man sent off and we came out at half-time and blitzed them away and won 5-1. So hopefully we can get a similar outcome. In terms of the differences to the team, I'd be stunned if it's known Narochki. I know it was his first game in a long time, but uh, who, who knows? He might pull Lagabielka for summer, but I think pulling somebody who isn't even on the bench on Saturday would be crazy. In terms of other changes, I don't know if I'd make too many, I think. You've only got this game to go before the winter break, and it's a tough one in terms of like you've obviously had that in a bad back there, but had that a class player who could welcome in Demora, but he's obviously been called up for the Japan squad for the Asia Cup, and see it'll be his last game for a four or five weeks anyway for Celtic. I probably, I probably would stick with the same team. I know mine has been pretty poor since he came back, but I think you've just got to allow him to 
like hopefully it'll come back to form. I know he get picked as well. But I I think it will be relatively comfortable. As I say, Simonlov drew blanks in the last two home games, and we should be able to go there and win pretty comfortably. I think it'll probably be two 0 Celtic, and I think that Kyogo and Matt O'Reilly will get the goals. Tony, I'll just bring you in just before we go. Uh, I just wanted to touch on Kyogo not making the Japan squad for the Asian Cup. It's it must be bitterly disappointing for him because it's obviously new if the World Cup and this tournament he's not been picked for. Obviously, Dyson and Real Hitati were picked and it means that Celtic will be missing day two plus O, Yang and Marco Tilio. Now, out of them, I think obviously Maeda and Hitati is probably going to be your biggest miss, but that's got to be, from a purely selfish point of view as a Celtic supporter, it's got to be good news for us that Kyogo's not there, but probably gotten for him. I will... He's obviously got aspirations uh, of playing for his national team. He's a very, very good player, as we all know. I've seen a few people saying, oh, he'll maybe want to leave Celtic, but I don't think it's anything to do with Celtic because Maida and Hitachi have been picked. I mean, I'm assuming it's got to do with the, the other options that Japan have at their disposal. So, look, I don't think we're in any position to criticise the Japanese manager. They've had some unbelievable results. So, I feel sorry for him, but all he can do is, is keep working with us and hopefully he gets in the next squad. But I, I know he had a kind of barren spell there, but he still scored a couple of Champions League goals. He scored seven goals against Rangers in the calendar year, all big, important goals. So I don't think he could do much more. But I feel sorry for him and obviously best of luck to, to the other lads off to the Asia Cup when it comes. I don't, I don't think Tilly or, or Yang will be a big mess. I think Dyson and it could be, but it just shows you we need reinforcements and we need another striker. Whether that be we go for Mioski or Brendan goes for maybe Shankland, I heard them, I heard them bigging them up. So it's going to be interesting. But I think we need to get the signings in as soon as possible, and hopefully get get the win tomorrow. And then uh, Bucky Thistle's a great first game back to kind of bed people in and get them up and running. I definitely, and I think as you say, it is probably. Pretty important that we do get these signings in. I think the last three results have obviously been much better, but it is vital that we get more quality on board. You've obviously had the manager calling out the lack of quality and the captain calling out the lack of quality. So I don't know, the recruitment team should be actively on this and getting signings in. Obviously, that mob across the city already announced the signing last week, and I don't know how he'll do, obviously, but it's, I think it's just a sort of statement from them in terms of getting players in early as well. So I think. Like we'll get them all out of the way and then and there's no, no excuse that we don't have our business done in terms of who we bring in for that game against Bucky because there's that big gap that there's no, like I say there's no excuse that you, can, you can't have these players in and ready to rock when the second half of the season starts Danny have you any worries on what Tony says I think I agree with him I think it's made a case of the manager Japan manager no fancy in Kyogo for his squad rather than the quality of the league eh, just based on the fact that Maeda and Hitati have been called up it's bizarre folks saying Kyogo leave because he needs to get into the manager's plans when two players who are only as good as him for the exact same team, the exact same league are getting into the squad. But I don't know if it... I mean, national team managers are weird, do you know what I mean? Look, people like Lewis Ferguson and that kind of get into the Scotland team and Southgate just picks Harry Maguire and Jordan Henderson all the time. So national managers are mad. Kyogo is obviously Japan's best attacker, isn't he? I know they've got the boy for Brighton, but Kyogo's a better striker. They've, Japan have not got a better striker than Kyogo. We know that and whatever. So they obviously they like Maeda. Maeda is hardly an athlete. Do you know what I mean? We've all said the same about Maeda since he got here. He he gets picked for what he brings to the team. But 
Kyogo's the best attire if you don't want to take him that's good for us it's less chance of Kyogo getting A spotted someday by him and B getting injured in these games so we'll keep him he'll play for us and he'll score goals for us and I'm, I'm not upset for him obviously I think he probably with a fancy going is playing for his national team and that but it's, it's no one that I'm not that fussed um, I'm actually quite glad he's staying and Yang and Oh might be I'm not getting another striker at the minute but the rest of them I'm not that bothered. I mean Yang has shown flashes but no enough Abadis came back anyway and Tilio we've not seen so I've seen him for five minutes or whatever so nah I'm not that bothered and good luck to him I hope they do you know what it would be great if they put themselves in a short window and neither came back for a confidence or can't move somewhere else but, but Japan will miss Kyogo more than we'll miss the rest of them and that's it I think that's a good place to wrap up wish the boys that are away to play in the tournament good luck and hopefully come back as Danny said full of confidence and uninjured and back to be positive impact for Celtic in whatever way possible but aye, we are closing in on an hour again so we'll wrap up there thanks very much for taking the time to listen we will be back after the St Mirren game we'll have a wee recap of that as there's the winter break coming up we're planning on doing a few wee specials in terms of maybe looking at a transfer window where we think Celtic need to improve and we'll also maybe do a wee Ask Us Anything episode where you can get your question answered with your favourite podcast but I, as I say, f- uh, make sure you're following us. Just search for Four Times a Podcast. You'll find us wherever you use social media. As I said at the start of the show, Happy New Year to you all, and we will speak to you in a few days. Cheers. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.